You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And as many of you have learned, uh, I went from maybe, let's just say, uh, artistically challenged or uh, artistically denying that I had any artistic uh, ability other than, you know, the blessing of storytelling uh, using my my mouth. Uh, And I, you know, discovered AI art and... Then I kind of dove in and now I've been selling collections. I have two collections that are live now. We sold out some pieces. And my primary tool uh, through this entire journey, pun intended, has been mid-journey. And uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a podcast, YouTube video to kind of walk through, talk a little bit about, you know, what does it take to create the, the you know, in mid-journey? What are some of my um, best practices and things that kind of exist? Uh, and felt like it was a great way to do that was to bring... Delphi Cat on our team uh, onto the podcast, and uh, she's played around with some of Mid Journey. She gets to hear all of the nuances that I share um, in Mid Journey, um, but uh, it'll kind of allow us to have some back and forth. She can ask some questions, probably that most of you uh, will have about you know AI art, and we'll kind of go from there. So, uh, with that being said, uh, Delphi, welcome back. Welcome back uh, to the podcast. Thanks. This is great. I've been looking forward to ha- doing this episode. I know we've had it kind of in the works for a while. Um, I think a lot of us have been on this journey with you where you've been exploring your artistic side and using these tools to create some art. And I, it's it's like a black box to me, to be honest. Like I've played around a little bit with Midjourney, but um, you know, there's there's these things called prompts and there's all these different um, ways that you can ask the tool to, to provide output for you. And I, I've just been really interested in like how that looks and what, you know, what you've learned along the way. And, you know, somebody who wants to just dabble or get started or experiment a little bit with it, whether they're artistic or not, I think this could be really useful. So I thought maybe we could just go kind of um, one step at a time and, and take someone through, i.e. you take me through the process of creating art on Midjourney. That sounds like a plan. Uh, and, you know, I just want to qualify as well for, you know, those listening and those watching, um, you know, this, I'm still learning uh, a lot of my practices are what works for me. Um, I did start um, back on July 18th uh, of this past year inside of Midjourney. Now, I, I had gone into Midjourney and played in the actual um, in their actual server that Midjourney has, but I didn't actually like start creating myself on my account uh, until July 18th. But with that being said, um, I do have the receipts, and I've now created uh, a little over uh, 27,000 plus, uh, you know, uh, pieces of art uh, with this entire tool, which has been uh, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of different you know creative styles, a lot of things that I've tested out. Um, and one thing that I think is, you know is interesting in this 
uh, Delphi. And I, I think it'll kind of tie back into um, even like what your, you know, what your background is and what your role is. Like, I remember when you were asking me, like, you're like, hey, you know, we jumped in uh, jumped in mid journey and you're like, what about like image weights and what about seeds and what about, you know, these different commands? And I will tell you, like, I was like, uh, I don't know much about them right now because I was trying to get into like this artistic creative flow, but I did feel like, you know, it would be about time. And so part of the reason we held off on doing this was I felt like I need to have time to understand my own creative spaces, also understand the tool. The tool has also changed a, a lot. But before we dive into that, Delphi, your background isn't um, art uh, per se, um, but you're, so just for those that are listening, you know, I'm going to be explaining it and kind of breaking it down, but give us a little of your background so people understand kind of where we're both coming from on this. Um, well, my background definitely is not artistic. I mean, besides playing a couple of instruments growing up as a kid, um, I mean, I've been hardcore science and math kind of my whole life. I was always kind of the the brainy student in the front of the class per se. <laughs> and so exploring anything artistic is really out of my wheelhouse. Um, and, you know, I, I right now I, I work in healthcare, um, but I've been intrigued by your your story of just not feeling artistic, uh, but yet finding this avenue to explore. And I feel like um, with my, um, you know, abilities, I guess you could say in, in tech, and most of us in Web3 have at least some sort of abilities in tech, um, maybe this could be a way that I could explore an artistic side of my own. But you know what's interesting, though, and what's a little bit funny is that I know there's a difference between us. And there's a difference between us because you kind of jumped in head first or feet first or whatever first and you just started using the tool and you're like I don't care if I don't know how to use it I'm just gonna like pound the keyboard and figure it out and whereas I was like basically like opening the manual and I was like well what about this prompt or what about this command or what about before I even like hours I was reading the manual online before I even touched the cursor and you were laughing at me I remember and so that's a bit of a difference between us because that I want to learn before I before I even try whereas you have been learning by trying and so anyways I just word. think that's an interesting observation I don't know if anyone out there can relate to either of us but we have yeah, a different you know, you know it's a little bit of both of us willing to kind of you know experiment we just approach things kind of differently and it's you know it's definitely one of the advantage that i feel like um that i usually have like it's i might not need to be perfect or you know kind of just explore out there and, you know and there's a lot of different tools right i've been exploring you know uh, playing with different tools um but i you know i i think it's also interesting you know for those that uh don't know like delphi helps on our team pretty much every guest that's been booked uh delphi has worked all that magic the coordination also, the, a lot of the back end of my speaking business. So not only on the medical side, she's in there um, and been in the NFT space as a, as a collector. Uh, and anyone that's been in our Discord uh, is very familiar uh, with, with you, Delphi, and, and kind of that all of that approach. So, um, you know, I think this will be fun. So for those that are, you know, mid-journey, uh, although I, 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 there is a website that you can actually view um, your content on, you can share your content on. I'll put a, I'll put a link for anyone that wants to go look at uh, my mid journey account, uh, public account that you can view. Um, the the actual creation lives with inside of Discord, uh, and I will say they have. I believe last time um, someone had actually mentioned it on uh, on on one of the. Uh, I guess it was, I guess it was on a Twitter space, but they actually run the most 
the busiest, most heavy used Discord uh, in all of Discord. So they have the most used Discord. Um, but what's nice about it is you don't have to have your own Discord to use the tool. So you can actually go into their Discord click on one of the channels and simply build a prompt or see other people building prompts directly inside of Discord. So they have lots of channels, newbie channels. They have different chats going on. They do a um, AMA on a regular basis, uh, which is really nice. So like for your just getting started, yes, you're going to need to be uh, in Discord, but you don't have to know all the ins and outs of Discord. Really, all you have to know is what you know how to use a backward slash um, to start your prompt and then kind of getting started there. But I will tell you, once you're kind of like wanting to go a little bit more into playing, you're gonna to wanna to set up your own server and your own server is free. There's no, no cost to that, but you're just gonna, you're gonna go create new server and then you can actually add the bot to your server just and do the exact same things you would um, in the mid journey uh, discord. So I will tell you, I played around um, in the mid journey discord, the regular discord probably for uh, almost a month, uh, looking at what other people were doing. It's kind of nice because you can you can see see exactly what the prompts are that others are using. Um, you can even use you know you can even build on theirs, um, and then you can jump into the discussion. They also do something really cool where they do uh, like a topic of the day, uh, and they give you kind of inspiration and ideas. But uh, I think for this part, we'll jump into the server that I created um, way back is probably end of July. Uh, where I do all of my creating is in uh, my own Discord server. Like I said, Discord servers, you know, they don't cost any money to create. You just create it. You just create a, a, a channel. Um, and then you just add the bot to the channel, and then you're off and running. So, um, Delphi, I think you've played around both in the um, in the Made Mid journey and also, of course, having access uh, to my server. And that's actually the nice thing as well is you don't have to have your own server, right? If, you know, I can add others to this server and we can all create together, but we each have, we have individual accounts because it's a tie to our Discord account. So how do you get an account with Midjourney? Like you always joke about how much money you spend in your membership and everything. Like, do you go to the website and register for an account there and then come back to Discord? Or how does so that work? You, so you can do it either way, but Discord will send you uh, to the website, uh, which, you know, is just kind of the way. So in the actual channels, if you're in one of the channels, you can just hit slash subscribe. And so slash subscribe will actually pop up a link and that link will send you to the subscribe page on their website. And when that pops up, it's just going to say log in with your Discord. Uh, and then you put in your, your uh, amount that you want to actually pay for. And so you can use the free version. Um, I can't remember what the... So like there's the you know um, subscribe page and it's just gonna take me to a link uh, and I uh, we're not gonna share that side but I'll at least be able to you know there's different plan uh, levels there's a basic plan uh, for ten dollars a month there's a standard plan for thirty dollars a month um, or there is a uh, pro plan for sixty dollars a month and I usually blow through the pro plan in about ten days so I have to keep adding adding uh, hours to my plan. But I will tell you, for most people, you and I will we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the settings. You can actually set up the settings to where it doesn't burn through a lot of them, or you could just use the free time all the time, and that's the relaxed mode. So really, what you're paying for is the speed of the uh, of the uh, rendering and the most high end, um, the ability to upscale uh, to the max. So, which most I will tell you, just something I've learned, um, you're not going to want to upscale to the max pretty much close to ever. 
um, because most of the rendering um, prior to that is 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 not needed. But we'll explain what that means um, in a second. But um, yeah, so the, there is the free plan, basic plan, standard, uh, pro plans. Uh, and what's nice is you can you know sign up, connect your Discord account, you sign up, put your card in there, and then it actually will bill you each month, and you can actually see what your um, like what your subscription is. Uh, what your hours are. So I'm showing here on the screen, you know, I have the pro subscription. Um, currently I have it set to fast mode, which is the mode you have to pay for. Um, you can pay extra for private mode. Um, so only on the pro plan, can you get private mode where you, not every one of my prompts, not every one of my images is shared with everyone. Um, so you can pay for that. And then it tells me hours remaining if I have any jobs in the queue. Um, so you can see right now I've actually, it actually says right there, lifetime images, um, that I've actually created on just this account. I have two accounts. Uh, it's 24,750 images over just in computing hours, 364.8 <laughs> computing uh, hours alone. Um, and so, yeah, this is, you know, this is just kind of a snapshot of what your info is for your subscription. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of images. <laughs> yeah. I, and I will say, Part of it was I didn't understand. I, I will say I kind of wish that I had the video we're creating right now back about four months ago because a lot of the things I was doing was really um, repetitive and over and over again, re-rendering. And I didn't realize that there were some better ways to rewrite scripts, some other things that some um, functionality. Um, when I started, there was a different, there's a different version and there was three less settings. And I will tell you my three favorite settings are the three new settings. And if I would have had those early on, I bet you that total images would have been half because before you had to do a lot of things where you either rewrote the whole prompt or you just kept building upon it. Now I can actually remix and edit a prompt that I've already actually run once. I can just edit a simple font and then rerun it, which saves me a mass amount of time, also a mass amount of creating images. So yeah, just for those that are overwhelmed, don't worry. It's and I, I was kind of. It's good. It. We can we can learn from your mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned um, kind of prompts, and I think, uh, and I'll go to a kind of a fresh channel. You know the you know in Discord the the backward slash um, or you know I, don't, I, don't, I hate backward slash or forward because like it's backwards for some, but it depends on how you're reading it. Or reading it. <laughs> um, it's the slash where the bottom of it is on the left. And the top of it is on the right. It's the one next to your shift button on the right-hand side of your keyboard. But if you hit um, the that slash button, it'll pull up all of the, the quote-unquote bots, which is just the, the app. It'll pull up all of the functionalities for whichever apps you haven't installed on that server. So on this server that I created, which I fancily named iSocialFans, um, I, I just have mid-journey there. I have no other bots, no other anything. Um, actually, I think just myself, you, and maybe one other person um, has access to this server. But by sitting at backslash, I can actually see all of the commands that exist. So for those that are listening, you don't have to memorize all the commands. You don't have to memorize actually all the functions. Mid-journey actually has a great notes page um, that we'll provide a link to that actually gives you a lot of really um, cool shortcuts. And I'll just tell you, I've created all those images, 28,000 images. I've sold all these NFTs. I referenced it yesterday. I went to their notes guide because I couldn't remember the syntax in one of their, their functionality. But you can, you, know, you can do everything from ask a question. Um, you can change the settings here. You can use help. 
but the tool, the, the main prompt, the main one that you would use for creating art on a pretty much 90% of the time, and I'll explain why I use another one um, partially, is the image prompt. So you just click the image prompt and now it's up for creating the prompt itself. So um, you mean imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's imagine and then it says prompt imagine. and there's a space. And what's okay. beautiful here is you, when you're starting out, you can just literally say a sentence or a word, right? And you can drop that here in the actual, in the prompt in clear text without any of the things that I'll talk about what I use at the end. So at the beginning, a lot of times you're going, you can simply say um, a beach scene, right? And I'm just gonna say beach scene um, as my prompt, I'm gonna hit enter. And then what it's gonna do is it'll notice and, and, and explain this for everyone on the podcast, it adds some of the default uh, parameters mm. to the end of the yeah. prompt automatically. So every time right now, the default is V4, which is their version four, it's adding automatically a seed number and it's automatically adding a, a quality, which I will explain. But you'll notice what it does is it immediately starts uh, rendering and it'll show you, it'll start at 0% and it, right now it's at 62% um, and you're starting to get a glimpse of the images. So, um, and what's nice with MidJourney compared to a lot of the other programs is MidJourney will always give you four boxes. So it'll be one, two, three, four. So one, two at the top, three, four, kind of like a Brady Brunch square. Every time you run a, a, a prompt, um, an initial prompt, it always gives you four to select from. The goal for that one, because I didn't use any specific, you know, I didn't, I didn't go detailed. I didn't add anything to it. It's going to give you usually four very, um, let's just say very uh, wide range basics of what you put in there because it wants you to decide which of these four is closest to what you wanted and then you can actually select that and then build upon that so you'll you'll see here on the screen and for those that are listening it brought up four different beach scenes one with uh, a bunch of umbrellas uh, with a little bit of the ocean in the back the second one with an umbrella and a person sitting in a chair without pretty much any ocean uh, another one with kind of palm trees but no chair no umbrella no sign of the ocean and then a, th a fourth one, which kind of has like a gray functionality with an mm. umbrella, um, a little bit of dust in the cloud. And so these are the four that are given with every prompt. And then underneath every prompt, you're going to have these four buttons underneath, which is U1, U2, U3, U4, and then a rerun, uh, reroll script, and then V1, V2, V3, V4. What those mean in the most basic sense is it means upscale image number one. Or upscale image number two. So those and the, the numbers go across. So it's number one in the top left, number two in the top right, and number three in the bottom left, number four in the bottom right. Um, so you can either upscale it, which means it's gonna it's gonna improve that image, and you're gonna work just with that one image, or you can say the the version the V button, which is actually gonna take that same image. So if I pick V two, it's gonna take image number two, but it's gonna give me four versions of image number two. So you might like the image uh, description, but you're like, wait, I want, I hope they add ocean to it. Rather than having to do a whole other prompt, I can just hit V2 and we can see what V2 will actually pop up with and see maybe it's gonna create, uh, add an ocean. So I hit V2 in this example, and now it's rendering just like it did the first time. And because I use the V, it's gonna give me another four squares, but you're gonna notice all four of these squares are very similar to each other based on the one that I selected above. Does that does that kind of make sense in that 
in that piece of it? Yeah. So the so the V stands for variations, and right. the U stands for upscaling. Is that right? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And uh, sorry, my dog's whining in the background here. Um, Can hear. You're good. So. Okay, so can you go back to what those defaults are, those default settings that you had set so that before us, you know, those settings and why you pick those settings and what those mean? So inside of the server, um, you can and just like everything, if you want to check your set, you want to you know, manage your settings, you just hit backslash settings, and then it'll actually pull up your settings for you oh. on the screen. So each user oh. customizes their own settings. So even when I'm in the other discords, these settings are tied to my user account. So I can use version one, two, three, or four, um, which or the, the Ninji mode, which are the actual like engines. Um, when I first started using Midjourney, the first day I ever opened it, there was only two versions. There was Midjourney version one, Midjourney version two. Quickly, I think it was right there in July, they added version three. And version three allowed much better clarity, much more um, depth in the images. But once V4 came out, V4, which is the one I use most of the time now, is very realistic based on the image that you're putting, your, the prompt that you're putting in. But let's say you don't want it to be so like realistic, photorealistic. You, you want things to be more opaque or more variation. You can use V3. And then V2 mm -hmm. and V1 also have their own um, you know, reasons for using them. You can check out the documentation for that. But like for me, um, and, and for anyone, if you don't go in and select right now, like let's say you don't hit your settings, no matter if you, when you very first starting out, MJ version four will be what you're set for default. And just to clarify, oh, the, the Ninji mode is actually, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, not in a mode, um, uh, um, like Dragon Ball Z. Why is that? I'm having a brain. Um, uh, like the Japanese art. Oh, uh, anime? Anime. anime. So that 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 version it will almost always give you an anime style um, image. So inside of Mid Journey, I have those kind of those are kind of like my five options. And then each other set below that has different options. So you have a different option for um, not like okay, what is the the quality that I want? Which you might, might you'll see like the dash Q. Um, I have it set to high quality, uh, which costs more money to run. Which when I said earlier. That there's better ways to actually save your money. If you're if you're learning this out, I recommend just setting it to, to base quality uh, or even half quality. So the images won't have as much clarity, but you can start to, you can still see what it is. It just won't look amazing HD um, when you're downloading it. And you can always change these afterwards and rerun the same prompt um, with a higher variance. Mm, I see. So you have the quality, and then you have the style. And then you have your decision on type of upscale. And then the last thing you have is the, the, the modes. So you can go public or private, or you can go fast or relaxed. And then the new, one of the newest features they have, which I love, is the remix mode, which I, I toggle that on and off. And we'll, we'll demonstrate that um, a little bit later. But just for those that are, you know, like when I start, when, I, uh, when you start off, you'll have these already set for you default. And I will tell you another mistake I made because I have ADHD and I have a problem with tweaking everything, is once I found the settings feature, I went and changed things. And I wish I did not, because then I couldn't mm. tell if my, was I getting better at prompting or was my prompts improving or did they just output change? So I will just tell for anyone that, that's not into beta testing or computer science or regular science, 
try to, when you're learning, try to change as little variables as you can so you can hone in on your prompt writing skills. And then once you hone in on that, now you can go in and maybe change the quality or change some of these settings and start to tweak with some of the other ones. But this, you know, the beauty of this tool, which I will tell you, is that when you get started, it sets you on the defaults and the defaults for the most part, are really great to run. And I, I think it was multiple months that I was using the tool without changing any of these defaults from the beginning. Mm. So hopefully that that, that helped. Yeah, absolutely. The only one I'm not sure of is the seed. There was a seed default there, S750. What does the oh, seed so, mean again? So the seed, so the seed is so the seed is there is the is the tool's way of remembering that exact prompt correlated to the image. So it's like their storage uh, identification number. So if you want to be able to do a seed uh, and be able to use that same exact prompt later on, you can set your own seed every single time, or you let the tool pick it. And then what you just have to do afterwards is you just have to use one of the emojis. And I can literally just hit this uh, emoji reaction, hit the envelope button, which will then send me the message send me a DM. And then what you'll notice is the seed for the images and the jobs that I ran is actually given to me. So a lot of people are like, you should do the seed every time. That way you know what it is to call. To me, that's adding complexity. I don't do the seed every time, but if I want to go back and reuse a prompt or an image and get the exact same output, right? Because this is a clarifying point for everybody that's listening. If you run the same prompt multiple days or different days, you're going to get different results. Um, and, you know, and maybe certain ones are super detailed, are going to get very close. But if you want the exact output of something you've done previously, maybe because you want to tweak it, maybe because you want to adjust it or build upon it, you're going to have to use the, the that seed phrase. And what you would you just simply go into. Um, so like if that was the seed phrase uh, for, for the ones that I wanted, I would just copy the seed phrase. And then inside of uh, the Discord channel, I would actually just have it. Um, I would actually have it, um, where's the setting? I, I would just hit the, the show, uh, and or actually the show, I need the, the job ID. So I just use the job ID, oh. and then it will actually show me that exact job. So you can use the seed. And I, I would say I, I started using the seed more now that I'm more advanced, I guess, or more dialed in, but it's actually going to show me the exact same job above, right, because um, I just put right. that in compared to if I used, you know, beach scene again, we know that beach scene would not, um, you know, not give me uh, the same results, even if I used those exact same, um, you know, uh, external factors. So um, yeah, those are just some of the things that play in. I will tell you, I didn't, I didn't research seed or waiting or, um, you know, changing of the settings for multiple months. And I was creating content and you know that people are blown away by so just for those that might get feel like a little bit overwhelmed a lot of these things right. give you great options and that's why this is where i think creating ai art is a skill set right prompt man, prompt they call it pro, being a prompt poet but i think prompt engineering understanding you know like i can change one setting and it's it's going to change the results completely which will change how I edit, which will change the, the output. So the beauty of this is like, even though I could, we could all decide to use the exact same prompt in general, almost all of us would get a very different uh, output at the end. Wow, that's interesting that we could 
run the same thing on a different day or at a different time of day or a different person and it could come up with a different output. That's that's almost a little bit eerie to me. Well, because remember, <laughs> and this is a key for AI. AI is constantly learning with us, right? AI is not a tool that we're 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 just using it. We are we're 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 creating images together. And so AI every minute is getting smarter with every image that is created that this is pulling from, right? And and so each time someone's creating an image, it's adding that to its database. So us adding a prompt tomorrow or when someone's listening to this podcast, that the amount of images that have been added to their library is you know infinite. So now it's going to give, of course, give you different results because AI is getting, we don't have, we can't say smarter. AI is adding more variables to the database, right? It's only as smart right, as we, right. we actually put into it. Um, and I will say, you know, mid-journey, um, you know, some of the AI engines are, are kind of the wild, wild west. They let everything go. Other ones have certain things. Mid-journey does not allow for any anything close to not safe for work content. Um, I, I even put crop top for one of the images because I wanted the girl to be wearing a crop top and it said violation of terms, you can't enter the word crop top. Um, so you can't add, there's no um, you know, eight, 18 plus uh, content um, added to the server, but there are other tools that allow that. So you know, to each their own on what they're, um, what they're building. But that's kind of like, I would say that like the setup and kind of the management of, of creating this kind of mid journey art from this standpoint. Right. So then what do you do when you get to this point? So say you did some variations on V2 and let's say you have a favorite and then, then what do you do? Yep. So which one of the, pick which one, one, two, three, or four that's on the screen. Okay. Well, I can't, yeah, I can't I see can, them too well. Okay. Well, let's go with one because it shows a nice ocean there. All right. So we're going to pick U1, which is the upscaling one. So now it's just taking that one image. So it started with four. We picked the one we liked of the four, but we wanted variations of that four. And then once we right. liked ones of those variations. Now, if you didn't like any of these variations, but you still think they're mm -hmm. close, I could hit this re-roll re -roll button next to it, which will re-roll that script against this again and give me another four, just like the ones above. So uh, with that being said, we hit U1, which is upscale one. And right now it says, we're upscaling um, image, uh, you know, number one with beach scene. Uh, we're waiting to start, and and just for you know clarity too, um, it, it it does take you know anywhere from like thirty seconds to ninety seconds uh, per image. And if you're using fast mode, of course, it goes faster. If you're using relaxed mode and you're using it during off hours, you know, I may or may not have been creating images after midnight last night um, because I, <laughs> I'm quite addicted to the uh, creating of these prompts. Um, it was actually, I, I kept it in relaxed mode to save my, my fast mode hours. And it was returning images in 25 seconds, like uh, really, really wow. quickly. Uh, I will say this is also because there's so many people using mid-journey. Um, mid-journey has a tendency sometimes to go down or up. But I will tell you, they are great at giving, um, they have a status uh, piece in their server. Uh, and I can jump in there and check the status of it. It's funny enough. We went to record this uh, this uh, video, uh, and it was actually down. They were dealing with a bug, um, but it came back up. So just in that time I was talking, it now gave you um, image number one, and you'll notice it's upscaled. So upscaling it not only makes it a, a higher resolution, but it, it, it cleans up some of the details, but it doesn't clean up all of the details. Now, 
that is what you would do on the next phase that when it comes up. So once you've moved into the upscaling um, portion of this you know, creation process, it's now going to give you different options across the bottom. So your options now are make variations, light upscale redo, beta upscale redo, and then there's a button to click to the web, and then there's some emojis underneath it. Now, the emojis are both for mid-journey and for yourself. So if you're like, I did not like what it gave me as a result, you can actually say the, the, the frowny face emoji, which is teaching AI, which I, I use these mm. almost on a regular basis because I want AI to know, oh, hey, that was sometimes I'll be like superhero jumping out of a building. And I'm like, what is that? That's not what it was, right? So I'll hit that downward. Right. And then if you want to like say, hey, I love this or I, you vote up it and then it'll actually save it to your account. And so that's actually how I actually save some of the images to go back and reference later as I'll just hit the, the little heart eye emoji and it'll tell me, okay, you heart eyed it and then it'll be stored on my account for me to reference later. But the three mm -hmm. options that matter for us at this moment um, based on this prompt are make variations, light upscale and beta upscale. Okay. So when do you, when do you ask it to do something in a certain style, for example, like you always like to do like neon colors and you, like you put in certain styles. So when would you ask it to do that? So this is the, I like that you asked that. This wasn't planned on that ask. So for the most part, you're going to do that on your initial prompt. And up until recently, that was your only time. So if I wanted to add neon colors, which is my favorite, you know, I don't think I've done a prompt without the word neon in it. Uh, maybe, maybe just a handful of times, um, my, my own personal, uh, you know, flavor. Um, for, for the most part, you know, I would just go in and build a new prompt, right? So I would say beach scene, comma, neon colors, and hit enter again. But one of the, the features that I mentioned, which was added, was remember back in settings, I said they had this remix mode. So remix mode is oh, something that okay. you toggle on or toggle off. So if I toggle on remix mode and go back to my image, anytime you click a variation, so either V1, V2, V3, V4, or make variations, it's going to pop up the button for you to edit your prompt, and it's going to actually make the variations based on my editing. So I'm going to hit make variations oh. on that one, and you'll notice oh, now it brought up my original prompt. And so I could actually add comma, and I will explain a comma and not comma, neon colors, and then we'll say, we get, um, we'll say comma, uh, 4K photography. So I can add that right here um, to the prompt. Now, anything that you're adding as far as like descriptors, they're gonna be in the first section of your prompt. And then you're gonna have what are going to be the variation, the, the pieces at the end, which are really like the code for you know whatever settings you wanna set. And those are set right. up with double dashes. So anything is dash, so dash dash V is the version and then you put a space. And so if I wanted to change this and say, give me this in version three, I could actually just change that to V3 there and it would now run the V3 right. engine. Even though my default setting is set to V4, I could send this prompt to only look at V4. So I could actually edit these things um, in here as well. And I will tell you one of my favorite ones and the one that I use the most, and this is probably one of the coolest things that I like about um, Midjourney, is not only does the image change based on the words and things you're putting in, but the size of the, of the output 
that you want will drastically change. Drastically. I can't even stress how much. And so I love, and it's it's funny because it's just like this in photography, and my daughter is always giving me a hard time. I love landscape and I love nine by sixteen um, images. So mm -hmm. I like things that are super wide or super tall um, in image form. You can actually customize that per one that you use. But by default, if you don't tell it which kind of dimensions you want, it'll always give it to you in square. And up until wow. recently, migrating something from square to like landscape afterwards was not a very good transition. So you almost have to rerun the prompt. Now they've kind of adjusted that. But what they do, what that prompt is, is it's AR, which is aspect ratio. And then you just put space and then you put the parameters that you want. And they, they have like the ones that you can use. But like the one that I use the most for a landscape uh, image is three by two. So if I wanted to, if like for this beach scene, I would want it three by two. So it's going to be extra wide, kind of widescreen for your phone or widescreen for your laptop. If I wanted this to be vertical, my preferred one uh, in vertical is two by three. So almost all of the ones, if you bought any of my NFTs, pretty much in the last uh, three months, it's either been in two by three. So it's like a, a tall portrait or three by two mode, um, which is widescreen. And I will say the other thing just to know is that anytime Midjourney adds like new engines or new features, they usually limit the amount of options you have because they're still tweaking a lot of the, the back end on like sizing. So when I first started on V4, which is their current engine, you couldn't change the aspect ratio. It always had to be in square because they were like, we just want people to use it, test it in square mode. And then once we add the other things, because it puts more, um, it requires more GPU um, on the back end to run all of these additional things. But with that being said, so we just added, we just edited this one um, that we had already run. So it was beach scene. We added comma neon colors, comma 4K photography, which I'll explain like why I did that one. And then we just added the aspect ratio um, to the end. And then I'm just going to hit submit. And remember, because we hit the make variation button, it's going to give me an output of four again, right? Anytime you're using a variation, well, I guess it's not anytime. There are a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, anytime you're doing that. So if you remember, I used two by three. So it's now making it a, it's not only adding the neon colors and 4K photography, which is the things I added, but it's also changing the aspect ratio. And now it's a much taller um, you know, output than it was pr previously. So now you can actually see the four images are more of Whoa. like a vertical setup than they were square yeah. before. Very similar image, but now I have four variations with the neon colors added to it. And it's going to um, also include the 4K photography piece that I added as well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it's it's kind of neat to have that moment of anticipation of like, oh, what is it going to put out, right? That's, that's my the, favorite part. That's and the you fun, can right? go in, you can go in and re-roll and re-add. So if you just start, like, way I learned was I didn't really edit the prompts much. I would start with a like a command. Like I would I would I would try to be a little bit I, I, I pretty much a sentence description, right? So I would say beach scene, which was one of the ones my favorite ones to do is a beach scene. So that's why I, I would say beach scene, beautiful, um, beautiful sun. Uh, the sun is out. It is a beautiful day. Palm trees and waves crashing on the shore. Comma neon colors. That was kind of like my initial prompt. And I wouldn't edit that. And I would just use these functions here. And so I would, I would, you know, go in and I would say, okay, you know what? I want to light upscale this. 
And so I would light upscale the one that we selected, which remember was the original prompt. And so now it's gonna upscale and add light. So light upscale is lightening oh. the image. It's also increasing the kind of the, um, the uh, depth and like the dexterity in the actual image by, by light upscaling it. But also remember every time you upscale, there's like a, there's like a fine area where you might upscale something that it's so defined that it becomes blurry and uh, whitewashed, or mm. it might need to get it to there before a, a, a lot of the details actually exist. And so what I was able to do from that original one that you had selected was we just hit light upscale and you'll notice I still have remix mode on, but it doesn't prompt you to change the, the prompt unless you're using one of the variation sides. So if you're using light oh, upscale or beta upscale, um, it's simply going to give me this one image that we have here. So it's at 85% now. And you'll notice the, the, the clarity of the people. Um, the image itself is going to be uh, lighter um, in, in colors. Some of the colors are going to have more, more quality. But you're also going to notice it's going to give me a couple new buttons that are going to be added. So once you initially oh. light scale an image, the first time you light scale something, it now adds some options. So now that something's been upscaled, either light upscaled or beta upscaled based on my settings, I now have, once again, make variations, which we, we know what that one's going to do. It's going to give you four based on the image that you have, you have. But now we have a new one, which is called detailed upscale redo, which personally is one of my favorite ones for, for images that aren't 3D rendered or not like CGI or octane rendered. So if you're not trying to go for that like very cinematic uh, 3D look, I almost take everything to the detailed upscale um, location. Because what that does is it really does add some really great detail to your image. The also thing that's nice about in detailed upscale is that you can, uh, even if you're using the free version, you can use the detailed upscale um, in your tool. And the other button that it gives you that we, was not there before, which is another thing, good thing to know, is the remaster button. So remember that we had like the re-roll or remaster when it was not, when there was four. Well, you can remaster from one image. But the interesting thing about this is you can't remaster an image till it's been upscaled at least once. And that's because there's you know oh. GPU, so it's enabling this. So oftentimes I won't really like an image. I'll be like, you know what? This image isn't really one that I love. Like I'm not in love with this image, but I want to see what it would remaster it to. I want to see what AI would take what I've adjusted and what it'll give me. So if, if you think about it this way, it's going to take your prompt and the image, throw it back into the, the, the algorithm and push you out something based on your image that you've just upscaled. So it's a little bit closer to what you wanted, but not exactly. It'll do that via remaster. So sometimes I will upscale something I don't like just so I can remaster it to see what AI is going to teach me. And this is where I learned a lot. I said before, so what I would do is I would light up scale. And if I wanted, if I wanted to I'm like, you know what, this is actually nice. I would just hit the detailed upscale. So now it's going to make a lot of clarity. It's going to really um, you know, add some finite details. And then from the detailed one, I can decide to remaster, or I could also remaster from the one um, above that as well. So right now it's going through, it's starting at 13%. And you'll notice each time you're moving up, it's going to take a little bit longer to actually um, create the output, but it's also really honing in. And I will just say, this is also when you'll notice some of the flaws in an image that you might not have noticed earlier um. on, 
where all of a sudden you're right. like, that person doesn't have, that person only has four, fi- you know, three fingers. There's not right. four or six, six legs on a horse or something. Six legs on a horse, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, one that we, that you and I have done uh, for a while. So usually detailed upscale is one that will kind of give you that like, Ooh, like this has more things right. um, maybe than I wanted uh, to look at it. And also remember, you know, each time you're taking this image on the journey with you. And so I could have right here hit make variations. And because I'm still in remix mode, I could edit the prompt from here, from this image. But if I go and I'm now added details, I can still do the same thing. I can hit make variations, but it's going to do it from my most recent image. And if you think of it this way, the prompt is always reading either the image that that you have there, or if you don't have an image, it doesn't read anything. And then it's the, the words you use and then the settings that you have, uh, the dash dash settings uh, that you have behind it. And so you'll notice it took a little bit longer for this one to create, but you'll also notice that all of a sudden um, that you'll you'll see here, there are some like um, uh, like splash marks, right? You'll notice like some, some, some granularity. So if we go back up one, so this is the one you'll notice there's not really any granularity. We're not seeing like speckled um, paint. And that's because the detailed upscale was almost too, it rendered it too much. So now it's too upscale mm. to where you see like some of the, like in the clouds, they'll have like specks of paint because the, the images is so, there's so much detail. And just to be clear, right. I know people are going to come at me in the comments and say there's better words to explain all these terms. I'm explaining them as someone that translates geek speak, ADHD guy. I understand they might have, you might have specific words and art, but like I'm so on the, Hey, this, all of a sudden I rendered this and I'd be like, Oh, well now it has too much detail. And so for me, from this point, what I would often do is I will scroll up and say, okay, if I want to change the prompt from here, I will use the make variations. Or if I want to use the remaster, I will go up to the one that didn't have a lot of that like mistaken detail. Because if you think about this, the computer doesn't see that the, the clouds now have specs in it. It just knows that you upped the image. And I, what I've noticed is if I tell the computer to run from here, it's going to have a much different output than if I had one that wasn't as kind of like um, as granular. Right. So what we'll do is we'll hit remaster right. from the one that wasn't uh, as granular. And remember, just for you know clarity, we're still using off of that prompt that was that was you know beach scene uh, tech, you know beach scene right it was just beach scene was that we used. And so when you've upscaled something and then you remaster it it's going to give you two outputs. So variation. Yeah, I noticed that. Remaster Mm. is two. Now remember, remastering, it throws away the seed phrase, the seed um, that you had, and it just throws it back in there and says, here's the prompt, here's the image that they're working off of, give me two other images that are close, and now you get to work from these two images based on what the computer thinks that you wanted. So it still has umbrellas, you can still see the beach in the back, but it kind of changed up the, where the people are positioned in there, uh, the shadow on the beach, the lighting of it. So it, it remastered right. that based on this image here. And so you'll notice that these two uh, are, are similar yet different um, than yeah. that. So the other part of this, right. I'm going to turn off uh, remix mode just so that we can see this. Let's say you're like, you know what? I like this one, but I really wish there was, it, it changed the position of the people on the beach, or I really wish there was kind of like a, mm. a slightly different setup, but I want it based off of this image. 
rather than remaster, I can just hit make variations. And remember, make oh, variations. Oh, I see. Yeah. And now it's going to make variations based on my image. So the difference there, remastering it is almost like throwing it back in there and seeing what it spits out. Make variations is like, hey, this is where you're at. Here are four close adjustments to where that's at. And so I love this element of the design process. And I will also mm. just say like most of my initial design with an idea, um, like today, my, the idea I was working through was work-life balance and having someone that was on a, um, that was either walking across a high wire or a balance beam with their happy life on one side and their work life on the other side. That's what my the <laughs> thought, the image was I wanted to create this morning when I woke up. What I start out with is just kind of exactly what I just said as the script. And then I just kind of roll with it and I'll hit make variations. I'll upscale it. I'll hit remaster. And I'll just kind of work through. And all of a sudden it'll, it'll generate something that I'm like, Ooh, I like that hmm. style. Then I will go in, create a new prompt and add things like neon color, add the, the different clarifying things. Like, do I want it to be use a certain engine types or certain, um, you know, clarifying um, components? So I want it to be, um, you know, cubism. Do I want it to be uh, use cyberpunk um, as a style guide? Um, so I often don't add all of those, like um, those, uh, let's just say the, the styling uh, variables. I don't often add that when I initially come up with a prompt in my head because I want to be like, it's almost like, let me pick the canvas and let me pick um, the, the paint brushes and the, the, the paint, but let me throw like the beach on there onto the canvas and the umbrella. And now you're like, you know what? I want to add a black outline. I want to add. And so it kind of lets you kind of build the canvas. And then based on that inf inspiration, I usually then build a prompt that ends up being closer mm. to like the final prompt that, I, that I'm actually using. So that's kind of my, my own creation mm. process. I know everyone has different ones. I know a lot of people that don't mm. really use any of these adjustments until the until the output is super close to the, what they want. So maybe people that are more on your side of the fence, Delphi, on the <laughs> perfection side of like, ooh, that wasn't what I want. And they just keep editing the prompt. Right. I kind of like, I, I work with the AI in that sense. Yeah. Do you ever get frustrated if you have like an idea in your head of like, this is what I want and I can't get the tool to give me that? Or do you just kind of go with it and work with what the tool gives you? Every single day get frustrated um, with yeah. that output. But the, the interesting thing is I have to ask myself, and this is where, how I create is I, I look at it and say, like, I will tell you, like I, I mentioned work-life balance, happiness and work on both sides. What I, what I'm trying to convey is that it is a choice and a balance that is very impossible. And I want the emotion of this like overwhelming feeling of like, it's near impossible to be balanced, but I don't have like exactly, like I don't have like mountaintop to mountaintop of the high wire. I want the person wearing jeans and a hat. I want, so I don't, I don't go to that realm, just my creation because I want to work with the, the idea. So that kind of prevents me from having to be like frustrated. I will say like, I will go in, like actually we'll give a shout out uh, to our, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Sharp Duck uh, with the AI apes. And, and he had asked me, he has a, a duck project. And he's like, Brian, can you do like a duck with like ghosts around it? And like, um, you know, many <laughs> ducks that are in a, uh, in a cemetery. And I was like, ducks with ghosts around it that are in a cemetery. Like, that's a cool challenge. I've never done that before. Um, I will just tell you, I went in here uh, and I'll, I'll find the, 
um, the Ducks one that I was doing uh, two nights ago. And that's another nice thing about Midjourney is like all of your history um, is all stored here in your um, in your Discord. So I can actually just even search Duck, um, and then it's gonna show me uh, Rubber Duck at a funeral, neon colored funeral, <laughs> ACGI, right? So I will just hit jump. And it's actually going to jump to that spot. Um, and so now I'll close that. So what I, what I will tell you, though, is I it took me a long while because Duck and Rubber Duck, the computer does not like what Rubber Duck or Duck is. It will give you <laughs> the most wild variations. And so this is actually a good um, you know spot to explain. When you're giving it a prompt, and this is something I've learned recent, not let's, let's not say, it's something I've embraced recently. I've been very aware of the ability to weight components of a prompt. But for me, like I've explained for everybody that's out there, the more that you get in like with those finite details to start with, I believe the more frustration that you'll have. So working with it to kind of like craft prompts in the styles that you want, and then going back in, I believe is, is the better answer. So what you'll notice is that I use commas. Some people use brackets. Some people don't use commas at all. There's like this weird mid-journey, like underground scene where people joke, like the comma sometimes changes it, but for the most part, the comma doesn't. So if the comma helps you out as a, someone that um, to like visualize your prompt, go for it. If you like a space after your comma, go for it. But if you don't, you don't have to either, right? So you'll you'll see others that just don't do any spaces at their comma. I don't think those people are human that can like if you're gonna put a <laughs> comma space after it, like. What in the world? I'm with but, you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, but with that being said, when I'm saying things like duck at a funeral, neon colors, cinematic lighting, 3D render, it uses all of those words equally of importance. So it's going to say, okay, let's, you know, duck, funeral, 3D render, cinematic. So that this is a, you know, a good example of one that, you know, like what I should say, and this is where we can use it as an example, is you know what? If the duck is what I care about the most, you can actually add weights to a prompt. And so rather right. than that comma under, let's say duck at, or let's say duck, I want the duck to be more important than the funeral. I can hit the, col the what are those things called? I don't know what those are called. Um, the colon? double dots. What are they called? Colon, colon? Not colon, semicolon, yeah. yeah. So it's two colons, and then the default weight is always one. So if I increase the weight, so if I make this colon, colon, two, it's now going to give the duck anything to the left of the weight uh, priority two to one on what's after it. But if I'm like, you right. know what, I want the funeral to have a little bit more weight than neon colors cinematic, I can do the colon, colon, and put 1.5 after it. So the duck will have more weight than the word at funeral, but at funeral will still have more weight than some of the other descriptors. Ah. And so you can add, right. you know, and this is where it gets really fun to kind of come in and tweak. I will just say personally, I make the prompt, I play with the prompt for a good while before I add any of these things in there, or if the result is nowhere close to what I want. And so like in this case, uh, I just hit, you know, duck, um, you know, I waited it uh, and we'll kind of see what the uh, end results are. Um, you know, and, and funny enough, uh, I mentioned before, you know, like work-life balance. Well, what I what I work myself to is the the flood of overwhelm of the water rising 
in our work from home office is what I was going from. So you'll notice some oh, of wow. the things that I was working off of this prompt was, you know, upside down work off uh, balance. I use a weight here. So I like, this is a very, like, I'm way down the creation process, not, not there yet, but I'm way down the creation process from that initial um, one that I started wow. with. But now if you look at the output of this one that we did with duck funeral, duck weighted the most, funeral rated second, and then the other ones after, what you'll notice is there's less neon color. There's less cinematic yeah. lighting. Duck is forefront and the primary feature. And funeral is there, right? There's like a funeral essence of like dark, but funeral is not prioritized, right? They're not, it's not equally weighted um, to the duck. And so what I will show you now, just from a, you know, for those that are watching and we're kind of explain it for those that are listening, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the, the exact same prompt but I'm actually just going to change the, the, the version. So duck is going to be weighted 1.5 and funeral is now going to be rated two. So funeral now oh, is getting okay. the, the priority um, over the duck. And let's see what four images it gets with, with this. And I will say this part of like the, the testing and the tweaking is why I love AI art. If you're not someone that likes yeah, this testing, tweaking, testing, it's so much fun. And you could change things yeah. like even removing the, the word at because it might not need the word at. Now, removing it might be something good, might not have any component. Uh, maybe I want the funeral to be neon, but not the duck. Well, I can put the word neon before duck. So like all of those things change the output, allow mm -hmm. us to tweak. Uh, and so like this one's interesting because it still doesn't seem to really want to prioritize the funeral. And it might be because it doesn't understand the word, you know, funeral to it might be, you know, the database of funeral images are just dark images with dark, you know, uh, writing. It did pull up, you know, one of them has a, a casket underneath of it. One of it looks to be like kind of like yeah. on a gravestone. Another one has uh, flowers, right, which probably is flowers on top of a, yeah. uh, of a gravestone. So like what you could even do with like, oh, that I, I like that it still has the duck. I like that. But you know what? I wanted to add more detail. I can copy that exact same prompt. And this time where, where the at funeral part, I can say, um, you know, uh, sitting on a casket uh, with flowers and tombstone, uh, tombstone uh, at the funeral. So that's now that entire okay. section is weighted priority. So duck is still a little bit less than funeral, but now I got a little bit more descriptive on how, what I want the output of that uh, to look like. Once again, I have no descriptors at the end, so I'm not. I'm not calling out the the um, aspect ratio or any of the other styles. What I like is like once I get the prompt close to like the weights matching and it getting me like generally what I want, then I'll add some of those other things and then really work through it. So now we've just added sitting on a casket with flowers and tombstone at a funeral. And remember, I prioritized that part of the the, the thing two to one point five. But like let's say I wanted duck to have even less, you can actually go, you know, point, point 0.5, or if I right. don't want, I don't want a duck in there at all, which doesn't make sense in this example, <laughs> but if I didn't mm -hmm. want, like, let's say you wanted at funeral, but you don't want a casket, you can actually wait, right. so put two colons after oh. casket, and put negative one, and so now oh, it's going right. to it's best to remove a casket, and so you'll notice now on the output, it actually is much more prominent. There is caskets in all four, 
right? There are flowers yeah. in all four um, that has a kind of that tombstone style to it. Um, and the duck is still there. Um, I will say like the neon. <laughs> well, colors. there's duck in three of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm not even sure what that is. That's a, a bird of some kind. That's a crow of some sort. Right. And because, because it waited it less, it's not actually adding, you know, like yeah. the duck is now less of a priority. So it might have a less chance of getting right. you the exact duck um, that you wanted. And you can wait certain things the same and then other things down. So like, I'll do that sometimes right. where I'll wait a couple of different things, the exact same and then lower the weight uh, of a couple others. Uh, but that's kind of a couple of the ways that you kind of tweak and kind of adjust as you go. That's awesome. So, so how do you know what kind of modifiers are even possible? Like, is there a repository somewhere or is it in the help documents or something like, like I'm thinking like a certain style of art or a certain type of lighting? Like there's so many possibilities. Like, is there a repository somewhere where you can reference how to build so, them into the prompt? Or do you just have to guess what they're called? So yes, so there are there are prompt generator websites. There are, I mean, there are a lot of different uh, things that you can kind of do from a standpoint of, um, and the prompt generator websites are actually fairly nice because it'll actually allow you, um, and, and we can put in there one of the ones that I really like. Um, but I, I personally, like, once you, like, I actually, well, this is my, my way of doing it. Rather than using the prompt generator, I actually put the prompt generator tab open so I know what all my options are, but I build the script still um, in Discord. Mm, but I will tell you the, right. the thing that I like doing the most, and here I'll, I'll share this um, you know, part of the screen for those that are, are watching on, on the video side. Um, the, the thing I like to do is, uh, if you remember, we I showed you that MidJourney has the website, right? So this is my account. So my own account. So everything that we just created. So if I hit refresh right now, you're going to know this. The duck one's going to come up. The beach ones are going to come up. These are all going to be in my uh, account for me to download. I can add them to like, I can sort them in collections. Um, I can see how they were created. Um, all of that is on uh, the website. It'll take just a second to, um, to refresh. But what I really like that they have here, um, and, and we'll kind of come back to that. Oh, like, of course, it came right at the end, is they have a community feed which the community feed, um, you can follow people, but the community feed is just aggregated by the entire community. And they, they will show you the ones that are currently hot, the ones that are newer created that people have like voted and said they like, remember, because you can vote, or the top all-time pieces that have been voted in the collection. And what I love about this, when you ask, the reason I go here, is you're like, where do I learn? If I look here and I'm like, what? and this is one of my favorites, like this uh, this portrait of an Asian old uh, warrior chief. So what I can do is I can click on it and then down below it, it's going to tell me all of the descriptors that it used. So if I oh. want, if I want my image, maybe I don't want the chief, but I love the, the, the contrast in the background. I love the, the colors in this one. I can actually look at their prompt and say, you know what? I want to use lighting for hard rim, lighting photography, 50 millimeter portrait photo. And so I would often just copy this and then add it to the end of like the duck prompt. And now the duck right. prompt is going to take on um, some of the characteristics from this. Now, some people don't like this idea, but like some people will just take the exact prompt and throw it into um, mid-journey. Now remember, because you don't have the seed, because you aren't the one that created this image, it will not be the exact same thing. It, there, mm -hmm. There's a chance sometimes that it's fairly close, but even if I took this exact you know, beta portrait um, and you can even see like down below, you can actually see like the, the parent. So it'll show you like kind of like the origin of it was created. And, and just for clarity, 
this is one of the most highly ranked images that was built in August. And I mean, it is, I mean, this thing is, I mean, pretty epic in quality and the colors and the tattoo. It I love it. There's, it's out of focus in the front and has like that bokeh, uh, you know, that, you know, side profile, um, a piece of it. But I can also copy here the, the full command. I can copy the prompt or even copy the actual job ID and bring that back over to my Discord. Now, for some people, they don't want their stuff to be shared out there, so they will do private mode. And you'll notice I create sometimes in private mode, but at the same time, the reason I do that is I like to kind of, I, I've noticed a lot of people are following me, um, my, my page here on Mid Journey, and you can actually just follow, and I, I'm perfectly okay with that. But what I actually do is like when I have something that is closer that I, like, I'm like, ooh, this is a good one, I'll just toggle it to publish it uh, you know, to the public. So now this one is on my public profile versus all of the ones that I was doing prior. So my public profile in a way is more curated. Uh, and for the most part, I share almost all of mine out there. It's not for me. I'm not trying to protect my prompts. It's actually, it's a little bit of my own imposter syndrome where I don't want someone to judge me on something until I'm ready. To, and, and oftentimes if you look at my profile, a lot of the ones that I put public are not NFTs. Like they, I, I created something great, but it's not, the exact emotional state that I wanted. So I still, I'm not gonna use it for like repurposing at the moment, I'm not gonna use it at the moment, but I still think it has like, actually this is a good example. Um, this kid with a, like I really wanted this like dynamic of like rainbow, you know, I like neon colors on one side, I wanted tears and emotion on the other side. So it turned out, the the image turned out nice, but it wasn't exactly what I, what I had wanted. So I would publish that so it's available for other people to see, other people to vote on, other people to use the script for it. You know, you can go down and see, you know, I use light up scale. You can see what the, what the, uh, the parent image mm -hmm. was of the mm -hmm. original that I created. Um, so I kind of curate mm -hmm. my, um, my, my public channel. Uh, and, and just for those that are, uh, are wondering, I believe it is, uh, let's see, you um, as a, uh, as a visitor. So it's just, uh, I think it's midjourney.com slash app slash iSocialFans, but we'll put the link. Uh, in the show notes for people and you what you can do is like you can go like this is my public page so what i'm showing here in the video is what everyone could see and you'll you'll notice a lot of these images that i um i haven't even used for anything and you can feel free to build off them you can copy them and and, and try to build you know and you can dive into uh, what they want you can add the prompt directly to your own uh mid journey so you'll notice and you can go back i mean i think i, I think i have over 5000 of my images that are that are public so if you want to pay the premium, if you are one that you're worried about that, um, but I'm I'm more from the mode of uh, you'll you know everyone I think noticed you know today on just kind of going through uh, the prompts and the things that we talked about on this episode that you know there are lots of variants. There's lots of ways to, to customize this, uh, and to me, I want to teach everybody all the prompts. Feel free to use any of the things, and there are going to be people like as soon as I go on a YouTube video, I find someone that's doing their mid journey building completely different than me. Like com they're using brackets. They, they always add weights. They, they like to do these other, you know, like they just have a completely different style. And it's kind of like giving someone a paintbrush and, uh, and paint, like, which do you start with the, mm. the base level? Do you start with the bottom? Do you start with colors or do you start with black and white? All of that is personal mm. preference for, for you, the artist, you, the, the prompt poet. Um, and I would just tell anybody, don't get discouraged or overwhelmed by how others are doing it. And I think this is where, when I, I was, you and I were kind of going through it, 
I was getting overwhelmed because you were like, Brian, how do you use image weights? And like, what, how do you change mm. these? And when I would do it and it wouldn't work, well, now I'm like, I'm not even learning. So what I did was I like shelved that and was like, I'm going to get good at some output. And then when I want to become right. better at like dialing it in, I'm going to add, increase my knowledge on some of these other um, uh, components that are, that are out there. Um, and real quick, just to, to, add, to kind of, you know, their help and uh, FAQ and their entire guide, as I mentioned, they just wrote out a brand new uh, document pa documentation page. So previously it looked like just like a notion document um, that they had um, out there, but now they actually have this entire, you know, quick start guide uh, and it'll walk you through how to join the discard. It's going to give you a lot of the guides for commands and parameters. Like you were mentioning, like Brian, how do you know, um, you know, which parameters to uh, include? Well, they have an aspect ratio right here where it's going to tell you what are the aspect ratios. Uh, and like, and this is why I said this tab is saved into my browser commands, and I will often reference it because I'm like, wait a second, what was the aspect ratio? I don't want it to be too tall, but I also don't right. want it to be a square, right? So maybe I want it to be four by five or one by one. Um, and it, and I will just say, I, I give props to um, the team over there. This guide keeps increasing, and you know, for those that don't know, it's the most right. popular. Um, art engine out there right now. It's the most popular Discord in all of the Discords. It's also wow. when they do their their Ask Me Anything and their um, their QA hours. I've never seen a Discord chat, even at the most. I've been in the biggest Discords in NFT space ever. I've never seen a Discord chat have more people with their hand raised and more people active. And they have wow. a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group. And then multiple fan Facebook groups that are run. So people are, I mean, the one Facebook group I joined wow. had, uh, had 440,000 people in it. I quickly joined. Oh my and goodness. I yeah, because I was like, that's going to overwhelm me. So there are the, the amount yeah. of people that will, and you can post in the discussion channels and be like, why can I not get the clouds to be more dense or whatever? And people are going to give you all kinds of feedback. It's a very, um, you know, beautiful community um, in that sense, just for, you know, that everyone's out there. And I hope like this kind of like overview and walkthrough kind of gives people an idea. And the part of this that is also nice is like of all those images that I built, one thing that we hadn't shown yet that I just want to, uh, I want to include uh, in, in showing everybody uh, is that this new feature that they added because stable diffusion, which is this, the next kind of most popular and I mean, someone going to argue with me which one's more popular. I don't really care which one's more popular. Uh, I'm not an investor in, e in either one. Um, but what Stable Diffusion does really well um, is taking like two images and blending them together and giving you output. And previously with, um, with uh, Mid Journey, you could do that, but the image needed to be online. So the image had to be, you needed a URL. And what you would do is you would just go, um, it, you know, the, the, your prompt command, and let's say I wanted to go up here um, to this one, right? So I could copy the link for the image. So I just go up to an image, copy the actual URL link, hit a space, and then I could add my parameters. So it's going to use that image plus the parameters that I add, right? Neon colors, uh, landscape, uh, and then I'll do AR um, three by two because I want it to be uh, landscape mode, and I can hit that. That used to be the only way for you to do images and image blending until last week. Last week, they added a new feature, which I am obsessed with. And some people aren't gonna like it because this is where, like some people feel like where the stealing of art comes in. 
But what you're able to do is actually upload images up to five into one prompt and it blends them together. And so here's my yeah. ninja hack that I'm using that I love is that if I build two different versions of one image that I want to put out, but like, oh, I like the neon colors in this one, but wow, the guitar in this one is more depth. I'm going to build both of them, upscale them to a place that I like them, download them to my computer, add them in here, and then hit render, and then get to see what that is. So I'll add two um, that I um, had done previously, and I mentioned uh, the guitar one, because the guitar one uh, is one that I, and you can add anything, right? Any image. And, and you know, this Ooh, is where I, I like that. This is where I tell people, add images that you own and have the rights to. Let's respect um, you know, how this all works. I know some people are going to say that's very you know, naive of me since we're using AI, but I believe AI that you know, you'll notice all of these things. We're crafting an output that is not just copying what is out there on the internet. But like, let's say, let's say you know what? I want to use the, the a guitar image that I really love, but I want to combine it. I want to add some more, some more neon variants to it. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in and use um, some of the AI art um, that I previously created um, because uh, I got a collection and one of the pieces that I did in that collection um, was a was an entire um, neon landscape. If everybody remembers uh, back in our, our Shades of ADHD one, uh, or our time capsule, uh, I did one where it allowed me uh, to create, you know, this neon kind of background and the, like the, the neon ocean. And so I'm going to add that one as kind of the, uh, the second variable here. Uh, and I'm going to drop it in. And so we're going to have a guitar. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to use the astronaut one because this will give us a little bit more variance. So rather than me having oh. just, oh, wow. I have the guitar with neon colors, but it has some depth. And then I have a very neon astronaut one. It's actually one that's hanging up above my, my head that I have printed. And then what I can do is I can add up to five. So you can use five images. But what they just added yesterday is I actually get to choose the dimensions of the output, which I oh, love. I see. So I just hit uh, landscape. And I just hit enter. And now there's no additional prompt, right? It's using version four. It's using landscape. But it's taking those two images and trying its best to blend what it would think that you would want out of it. And I will tell you, I got some of my best results in the last 48 hours working two of my own images that I created in AI, putting them back in, getting an output, and then customizing that one. So that's like ultimately, like I think will end up being uh, part of my creation process. And, and while that one's rendering, I can kind of just, you know, uh, oh, it might be the, the to show here. Um, I can show one of the ones that, um, oops. and I have different channels trying to organize, um, but just like everything, you know, things are organized for a little bit yeah. and then, and then they, they go, they quickly go unorganized. But like, so like this image here, this oh, is a great I, love one, that. Right? I built a image of a person's face and I wanted to like have this, like this stare and crystal blue eyes. I also built this like paper mache Chuck Taylor Converse shoe. Well, once both outputs were what I liked, downloaded both of them, blended them back in, and it actually created the output after a lot of tweaking that I um, then edited. I edited some of the depth and the color, changed the, sh the shadow on my iPad, and that was actually today's AI 365 piece was the, the, a piece oh, that wow. I used uh, from those two uh, variables. And so let's see, um, okay, let's see if that, uh, where did I have that one? Uh, I think it was in. 
Yeah, this is I'm another sure. problem. Of the, uh, I don't know where it was either. Uh, oh, it might be at the bottom. Oh, oh, here. So, um, oh, yeah, here it is, right here. So this, these two are, are rendering. Uh, I will say we're recording this really pretty much prime time uh, happy hour. So it is, uh, you know, the, the engine, even at fast, it runs a little slower when there's so many people on it. Uh, but for the most part, you're still right. going to get an image done, uh, you know, three to five minutes. Um, and, and this is exporting. This is using that existing one, right? So I, the first one that we're going to see render is actually this image here of like oh, the guy sitting at his desk, um, just the image. And then I put a prompt after it, right? So I said, neon color landscape. So if you notice, it took the desk, hmm. the guy in the chair, but added this really cool landscape in neon color. Yeah. It still has the reflection from the water that was in the previous image, but it's now adjusted. And what's cool is I can now use those same things we talked about at the beginning. U1, U2, I can add variations to this. I can re-roll it. So that was using it using the, the old school image prompt of using the, the link. And what I will say is the image is not weighted as heavily in that case. So it's using the image, but it's also equally weighting my prompts. And the other example that we use where I'm uploading the images, there's no other prompt. It's just image to image comparison. Right. So I have noticed a pretty big difference because I could have just taken the links from both of the ones I created, the shoe and the person's eye and put them side by side. But I will tell you the output was nothing close to the blended version. Mm. So the difference is mm. build based on these as a baseline versus blend these two together based on two like, kind of concrete outputs. So um, just from like some clarity right. side on, on that. But that's actually a pretty cool example where I took two things that didn't yeah, really that is. And, kind of, and brought them together. So that's where I think you don't have to be frustrated if your output, because you can build out some really cool um, images. Then you're like, okay, now I want to tweak it. Now I want to add, you know, maybe I want to add this person or I want to add this thing. Um, but just know also, you know, once you're tweaking it, now you're putting it back in the AI engine. You have to go back and rework it. Like, one of the things I've noticed is I get part of I get it's like ninety percent, but I want I want to make sure there's footprints. That ninety percent to a hundred when I want to add footprints might be three more hours worth of tweaking and testing. Mm, okay, mm. how does it receive footprints? Where in the prompt should footprints be in there? Oh my goodness, the footprints look like footprints from a a giant. Well, now I need to say tiny footprints, and now the footprints are aren't <laughs> to the beach. The foot, you know, so like. Just like, just know that like, that's part of the creation process that I really like. Um, and I will say like, right now I probably have uh, 12 to 14 different ones that aren't at a final state, but they were ones that I was kind of reworking and tweaking. And then I'll go back when I feel like, you know, the creative uh, juice to them, or I, I want to go back in uh, and, and, and figure them out. But you'll notice right now, the last kind of rendering we'll show for this video, um, it's adding, you know, it had, remember this was, uh, the the astronaut one, which was one of the most yeah. popular ones that I minted um, as an NFT, and then the guitar that was neon, and it's the upload. So this is their newest uh, blend engine, brand new feature that just came out with Midjourney um, just this week alone. Uh, and here it is, the output. And so wow. it removed, removed the astronaut out of it, which That's I think cool. is really. It kept the neon um, kind of um, outer space atmosphere. Um, and these are the four um, versions. And like, for me, this version three uh, is pretty darn amazing with the, uh, you know, outer space. Yeah, I like how the clouds are through the garage. Yeah, and, the and, and it's there. kind of like burning through. And so what's cool yeah. on that is I can just go, okay, well, now I like the combination of those two. 
let's build on that. And then from there we build, mm. I did upscale three and now I can go through and build it. And then if I want to be like, you know what, I like that, but now, but I still want to tweak the thing. Remember, I can just turn on remix mode, hit the variance three, add to the prompt and build on that way as well. So that's kind of, I, I think that's probably, uh, we probably overwhelmed everybody and went uh, as far in depth. But <laughs> that was a lot. Can, that was a lot. A lot, but it's also a taste of, you can put in just words and play yeah. with the output, which is like beautiful. But you can also yeah. really craft and dial in and and tweak. And, and I will say like that image with the shoe, the one that I put out today, uh, and, and just so everyone knows, my vision for that initially was empathy. Walking, how do I help people understand empathy in, a, in an image that says we need to walk in someone's shoes, but we need to see mm. what they saw walking in their shoes. So that was my image. That was the, I was like, I want to, I want to create an image that represents someone having to see what someone sees if we walked in their shoes so that I can, you know, promote empathy. And what I realized right. was like walking in shoes and like eyes, that was just way too complex. So instead I built out a really cool shoe, the really cool eye that I wanted, blended them together and then built it. But I will tell you that NFT that I, you know, I posted up today for sale. You know, it's up on uh, foundation. I'm doing one every single day. Um, it was easily five hours um, of creating wow. the shoe, creating the eye, rendering it. And then I will tell you the output that I got from Mid Journey, it had like this shoelace that was really long. It had a long shadow that I didn't really like. It also didn't have uh, like the color depth. Um, in, I wanted to layer like the, the eye, I wanted to really be a little bit more prominent. So I wanted the eye to kind of uh, improve in brightness. So once it was on my iPad, it was probably 45 minutes of me dialing in, tweaking, adjusting the, the brightness on different layers of that one um, before I put it out, right? So although it was, I, and I love the output is, I mean, the output is exactly what I, like, it's even better than yeah. what I envisioned. And it portrays the emotion exactly of seeing, you know, of that, uh, mm -hmm. of seeing what, you know, someone's eye. So um, yeah, for anyone you know that was listening to this via podcast audio and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I survived this far. Um, but if you want to watch the video, we'll put the video um, up there on YouTube. Uh, and we will talk, yeah. you know, we talk AI uh, with Kim Gape, who is an amazing uh, AI artist. She's going to co-host with me uh, each month to talk more AI. Um, and we're going to try to integrate, you know, some of this in there because I believe you don't even have to sell these as NFTs. They can be used as your social graphics for promoting your NFT project. They can be used um, on the banner of your uh, website. And I want to give a shout out to two different people. Uh, Becky, uh, who uh, runs Girls Night um, over on, um, you know, on Twitter spaces, uh, who Becky, will, we're going to try to get Becky to join the podcast. She also is the lead community manager at Crypto Chicks. She bought one of my, um, my time blindness uh, NFTs. And then she made that the banner image of her Medium article. And I actually had someone send me a, a screenshot today and said, Brian, I was just scrolling Medium and I saw your NFT art. And I was like, oh, how cool is that? That's awesome. And then a shout cool. out to Travi as well. Travi bought one of the, the neon uh, boombox uh, NFT that I made. And he made that his podcast logo. So his podcast logo, because he bought the NFT, is now the boombox over there. Um, uh, and it's, you know, with Travi fired up on the blockchain. So those are just two great examples of people that were supporting, bought the NFTs, and now are using them in their content, not as an NFT, but to support their Web3 NFT journey as a whole. That's great. Well, thank you so much, 
Brian, for walking me and everyone through some of the basics of mid-journey and AI art exploration. I'm, I'm really inspired to, to try again, to kind of come back to mid-journey and see what I can um, see what I can do to create. I don't have any necessarily aspirations of like putting it out an NFT or building a website, but just the act of creation. I could, I was seeing some glimpses of, of, um, of how it could be really fun and creative and just like an outlet. And so thank you. Maybe, um, maybe we can do it again sometime and talk about some of the other things like image weights or image prompts or um, some of the other things that we didn't get to today. For sure. And for anyone that's watching the video, just leave your questions in the comments uh, on the video. If you're listening to the podcast, just DM us on any of the channels or on every social channel, uh, NFT365 podcast, and let us know like, hey, Brian, I would love your take on this. Or Brian, you told us mid-journey. Why'd you pick stable? Why didn't you do stable diffusion? I, I do. I have used, I actually used stable diffusion uh, this morning for something I was working on. Um, I also use another tool called Scenario GG uh, that I really like for creating multiples of a very similar um, image and and maybe something that uh, is in the, in the works, uh, a, a collection of mine that I'm, uh, I've been working on for a while. But um, yeah, please throw those questions out there. Uh, if you like this, you know, uh, let me know. Also, let me know if you listen on the podcast and you're like, Brian, it was too much detailed, uh, too much fine you know, print. I couldn't really follow along listening uh, because I don't know. And honestly, um, for the most part, I try my best to relate this so it works if you're watching, but it also if it works if you don't. But if it was too much, maybe we'll just do these for YouTube videos and we'll talk more um, you know, holistically or at a higher level um, on the podcast. But I won't know unless you're willing to get feedback. And uh, that's my ask for everybody here. So Delphi Cat, thanks so much for, for jumping on uh, and kind of narrating and helping us through. I, I'm sure it helped uh, a lot of people. And uh, until uh, next episode, everyone, uh, press the damn button. You know, I, I really do. I, I feel like this whole AI art component could help us from a mental health journey, unlock a, a piece of creativity. I mean, eight months ago, seven months ago, I didn't think I would create images anywhere for anyone. And now my daughters come in my in my office and they see, you know, artwork that I've printed out with people using them across the board. So uh, don't say that you can't, don't say that, that never. And hey, have some, have some fun, play with it. And uh, remember, perfection's a fairy tale and control is an illusion. Just press the damn button. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, 